in the final battle of the Chronicles of Narnia, the first book, final battle, and this might be a little of a spoiler if you haven't read the book or seen the movie, uh, but it's a, it's a must, even if I tell you the end. But Peter and the army of Narnia is fighting against the, the white witch, and in that moment they are being set back. They are being fought back, and they seem to be losing at that point. Peter is fighting bravely, and the, the army is just, you know, going back. And it is at that moment that a noise overcomes the arena where they are, they are fighting, some, something like a roar. So everybody starts looking up, and they see Aslan, the great lion, who's roaring, victorious. And in that moment, the army of Narnia is filled with strength. Every muscle is filled with strength, and they start fighting even more bravely than before. And with Aslan, they win that battle. Everyone is strengthened to finally win the war because of Aslan's victory. It is his victory, the victory of Aslan, that gave them the the assurance of the victory. They knew that they could overcome any enemy at that moment. And they were strengthened at that moment. And that's why as we speak today about Christ the King, we'll speak about how his victory becomes our strength. We celebrate today the feast of Christ the King. The feast of the victory of the great lion, of Jesus Christ In Hosea chapter 11, verse 10 says, They shall follow the Lord who roars like a lion. We follow the great lion of Judah, who is roaring victorious, and he wants to strengthen us for the battle with his victory. His roar of victory gives us the strength for the battle. However, we read in the gospel today, that this great lion compares before Pontius Pilate, meek and humble, before the powers of this world being asked questions. And we can see him in complete disadvantage, almost seem to be losing in that moment. Pilate clothes himself in great authority before the simplicity of the king of Israel. Even more, Pontius Pilate asks Jesus a challenging question. What have you done? What have you done? If you are a king, what have you done? Where's your empire? Where are your people? Where are your riches? Where are your conquered cities? Where's your empire? Where are your rules, your authority? What have you done? Nothing. Nothing. This may be the feeling sometimes before a world that seems to be a much much more powerful empire. A kingdom with no cracks, almost. What have you done, Jesus Christ, for this world? What have you brought into the world? We can't see any tangible addition to this world. Jesus Christ, what have you done for this world so that we can respect you? 
And so Jesus replies today as he did once before Pontius Pilate. My kingdom is not from this world. It's invisible to the eye. So that the worldly ambitious person may not see it and be deceived. My kingdom is invisible, says Jesus. Even though things that are visible seem to be the most solid and consistent. Give it enough time and they they will all pass. How many empires have we seen that seem to be powerful and unbeatable? But they have all felt. The Greek, the Romans, Napoleons. We could even include times of Christendom when the church has been powerful in this age. All of them are gone. Some of them leaving a better legacy than others, but all of them part of history. However, the invisible kingdom of the Lion of Judah still standing victorious. What is worldly visible is very futile, while the invisible is lasting. God has hid his kingdom in the human hearts so that it may not be snatched out by his enemies. This kingdom of Christ is growing today in the hearts right now, night and day, through the evangelization of the church in so many hearts that have accepted this new kingdom. Napoleon, he said once, I know men and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Between him and every other person in the world, there's no possible term of comparison. And he says, Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have founded empires. But on what did we rest the creation of our genius? Upon force. Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this hour, millions of men would die for him. Millions would die for him. There's a beautiful small town in a last place in Bosnia, right next to Croatia. It's called Siroki. And in this lost town in the world, there's a small Franciscan convent that was under the control and dominion of communism, you know, decades ago. And in that convent, there were very zealous and fervorous uh, Franciscans who followed the Lord and they were growing their kingdom, the kingdom of Christ in, in their hearts. And they were overtaken by communism, so they took the convent, they put them all in one room as in a jail, and they transformed the convent into a public school to teach, you know, against God and atheism and communism. When things got even worse with time, they have decided to kill them, to kill all of them. And so they sent the youngest ones, those who were from 20 through 25, they gave them the chance to go home. And so five of them went home. 
After two days of being with their families, they came back. They said, they said my brothers are dying for Christ. Can't be here. So they went back and they joined the other 62 who were in that place. And all of them, after some days of trial, they gave their lives for Christ. There's still a pit in the place where they were killed and thrown. And they, the, the way they killed them, there was a crucifix that they asked them to step on and they would spare their lives. But all of them, they grabbed the cross in their hands, they kissed it, they embraced it, and they died to the words of St. Francis, my Lord and my God. And the shot came at that time. And they all died, one after the other. And they're probably victorious right now in heaven and even praying for us. The kingdom that grew in their hearts brought them to the final victory. And now in that place, there's no trace of communism, only decades after that. And Christianity has, stronger, has grown stronger than any time before in that place. And all because these men opened their hearts to the kingdom of Christ, to that invisible kingdom in our hearts. So let me share with you three practical conclusions for us today from this feast of Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. The three are that you can, that this is our time, and that the best is yet to come. Let's go quickly through those. The first one is that you can. You can let the kingdom of Christ grow in your heart. And that which begins in this life will come to completion once in heaven. And you will see his glory. You can. Maybe sometimes we grow weary because we think that the Christian life is hard. And it's hard to follow Christ. But let me tell you today that you can, that you can do it because he is powerful and he's in you. And the great lion of Judah is roaring today, stronger than ever. And the battle is already won. We are on the winning side. So you can do it if you're willing to fight like those who fought before us bravely. It is like those games for those who play sports. You know that feeling when, you know, after the initial contest in the game, especially in, in team, uh, team games, you know, after a while you realize that you're going to win the game, that there's no way that you're losing this game. You have almost that certainty in your heart that you're playing better, that you're on the winning side, that you will win, that you have the best player in your team and that this is done. It's just a matter of playing the game and we will win it. It is almost like that certainty the one that the Lion of Judah wants to roar into our hearts tonight. He will conquer in you. Do not drop your arms. The second one is that this is our time. The times of Peter and Paul are well gone. The time of the wise John is past. The times of bright Thomas Aquinas are over. Even the times of those 66 martyrs that I just told you about, that is past. They are already celebrating in heaven, rejoicing in that final victory. This is our time. 
Will you fight? Look at what John Henry Newman said once. He said this, quote, Once it was the turn of others, and now it is our turn. Once it was the apostles' turn. It was St. Paul's turn. He had all the cares on him all at once. He did his part well. And at the end of it, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And after him, the excellent of the earth, the white-robed army of martyrs. Now it is our turn. And all ministering spirits keep silence and look on. Oh, let not your foot slip or your eye be false, or your ear be dull. Be not dispirited, be not afraid. Keep a good heart, be bold, draw not back. You will be carried through. This is our time. Angels, angels and saints are looking on. This is our time to fight the good fight. This is our time to further that kingdom into many other hearts in an invisible way. And the last message is that the best is yet to come. There's a joy that we don't understand yet, that we have no idea what it feels like. The joy of those who made it to the final line and are already victorious and celebrating. The best is yet to come. One day you will raise your arms in victory. And an instant of that happiness will be worth all the sacrifices, all the sufferings of this life. And that happiness will last forever. So I would like to propose to you tonight for our challenge for this week that we repeat that phrase from St. Francis, the phrase that these martyrs died saying very boldly, My Lord and my God, it is a sign of choosing once again for Christ to be the King, the center of our lives. My Lord and my God, there's no other. I want to follow you. I want to take responsibility over my turn. This is my time. I want you to be my King. So seven times for seven days to repeat this phrase. Seven times a day for this whole week to say, my Lord and my God, so that we are reminded that there is a kingdom that is invisible, but it's much more powerful. Let us be strengthened in that victory of Christ in this night. The game is won. The game is won. Look at him. Look at Jesus. He is the conqueror. He is victorious. Are you willing to fight the good fight? Victory awaits us in his kingdom, which has already started in our hearts.